You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. And the Word of God says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And what a wonderful truth that is, is that God is very gracious to us. We see it uh, in uh, during the building of the Golden Gate Bridge over San Francisco Bay. Uh, construction fell badly behind. Uh, and, and there were several workers who had accidentally fallen uh, from the scaffolding to their deaths. Engineers and administrators could find no solution to the costly delays. Finally, someone suggested that they do something that was a little unconventional, that they, that they set up a net underneath the bridge so that if someone were to fall, they would fall in the safety of the net rather than falling to their deaths. What they found out is once they put up this safety net and they realized that they were now protected, they had the courage to go forth and build this bridge with confidence that if they should fall, they would not be killed. Well, this, this, the, the, the building project continued and then it, it got back on, on the pace that it needed to be. The amazing thing is, and I think this is especially pertinent to us in today's time as we're living in a very uncertain time, a situation that we never anticipated, that we never expected. A situation where our lives have been changed and transformed uh, in ways that we didn't expect. However, as believers, as Christians, we understand that we have a safety net that the world does not have. We have a safety net that's found in the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. And this salvation is not just something that is uh, fire insurance, but this salvation drastically and dramatically changes the way we look at life and the way we, we, uh, we, we behave as believers. If we understand the grace of God that has been given to us and the fact that we live and are surrounded in His um, grace and in His mercy, that if we understand the assurance we have in our salvation, then we don't need to worry in life. Now, we need to be responsible, obviously. doesn't mean we need to go in the midst of a pandemic to the, to the beaches and throw caution to the wind. But at the same time, we don't have to live our lives in fear because we understand that we have a safety net in Jesus Christ, a safety net that no matter what happens in life, we're protected by the hands of Christ. To live as Christ to die is gain. And that's the promise we have uh, as Christians. That's the promise we have as believers. And the amazing thing is, is that God has called us into this relationship, which is an amazing thing to think and consider. So as we talk about the grace of God, there are many graces we could talk about, many, many ways that grace has been bestowed upon us. But there are three graces today I would especially like to consider. Now let me pause for a moment and explain what the word grace means. Grace is unmerited favor. That God gives us something that we didn't deserve. We didn't, we didn't earn it. 
Uh, and that's hard for us to, to comprehend. It's hard for us to fathom that God would bestow upon us something that we didn't earn because we understand as, as working people, we work hard and, and we uh, put food on the table because we work for it. But at the same time, this favor, the favor that God gives to us, is something that we didn't earn, but something that God gives out of His love and out of His grace. And hopefully you see how all of these attributes are coming together as it explains the salvation we had to have because of a good, loving God. The reality is, is that without the grace of God, none of us could be saved. So the first thing we're going to look at is God's provenient grace. Think of the word prevention when you think of the word prevenient grace. This is a foreseen common grace. And we see this in verse 10. Notice Paul says, His grace toward me was not in vain. Okay, His grace toward me. That this salvation that came about did not originate in Paul, but it originated in God. Your salvation did not originate in you. It originated in the grace and mercy of God bestowed upon you, unmerited on your behalf, but freely given on His part. Paul had just, been, had just given an ancient creed, and if we do this series through 1 Corinthians, we're going to look through that uh, creed next week if God leads us to do that, which I think He is maybe leading in that direction. But he gave an ancient creed dating from the earliest church. Some people, even liberal theologians, believe that this creed dates to within months of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. I won't try to get too nerdy on you here, but the historian in me looks at this and sees the amazing proof that's found in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 through 7 that this is an early eyewitness testimony that we see coming from the early church. Well, he does this and he links together these truths that Jesus has been risen from the dead and this was done for you. His death was done for you. His resurrection was done for you. Not because we deserved it, but because God had grace toward us. Provenient grace is God's grace given to all humans indiscriminately. Some refer to provenient grace as common grace. Some identify provenient grace in differing ways. Millard Erickson says that God has a foreknowledge of possibilities. God foresees what possible beings will do when placed in particular situations with all the influences that will be present at that point. And time. See, the reality is, is that COVID-19 did not take God by surprise. Our reactions to COVID-19 did not take God by surprise. God already knew everything that was going to happen before it ever happened. Romans 5, 6 says this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about this for a moment. Think about the worst thing you've ever done in life. Think about the worst possible thing you've ever thought. And we've all had those thoughts, if we're honest. We've all had those thoughts just sometimes seem to pop in our minds without even, um, without even thinking about it. It just pops in there. Think about the worst thoughts you've ever had. Think about the worst position you've ever been in life. Think about the worst thing you've ever done. Even in, the, even in the disparity of your sin, God still loved you with an everlasting love. An amazing thing is, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died 
for you. Christ died for me. It's an amazing thing that when you stop and consider the grace of God, that even in the disparity of our sin, God still has a love for us. But this doesn't mean that God promises that everything's going to be sunshine and roses for the believer. Matthew 5.45, Jesus said that the Father makes His Son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. The writer of Hebrews states that Christ is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. The amazing thing is, is that God has given grace to all humanity. And you say, well, how was that? He's given us life. The amazing thing is, is the fact that all of us have experienced life, and if it were not for the love and grace of God, we would not even be alive. God didn't have to make us. God didn't have to give us life, but He willingly did so. You know, you never know what type of influence someone or something will have on you. And it brought to mind a, a situation on April 20th, 2016. A lady by the name of Joni Lar, uh, she was otherwise known as a professional wrestler uh, known as China. She was a physically powerful woman. Uh, it's said that she could bench press over 300 pounds. My goodness, I mean, you know, good Lord. That's just an incredible amount. But one thing, I, one thing, if you look throughout her life, she was involved in some very, very bad things. She was involved in some very bad practices in life. But on April 20th, 2016, Joni Lar died from a, from a drug overdose. And I couldn't help but think, because as I've seen some interviews with her, and, and she was talking about wanting to have a family, she was talking about wanting to have kids, and she had good aspirations in life, how was it that she went down the path that she did? How, what was it that led her to the point that she killed herself from a drug overdose, whether it was intentional or accidental? What led her down that path? And then I started thinking about the influences that she had in her life, the negative influences that she's had in her life that brought on... I mean, I do believe depression is a real thing, and I do believe sometimes we need to take medicine for things of that nature. But I kind of wonder if maybe some of the influences that she had led to her death at the tender age of 45. If she could have had some better influences... Maybe her life would have, been, would have turned out differently. You see, friends, I, I think that sometimes we allow the news and we allow the situations of life to influence us in ways that it probably shouldn't. Because if we stop and count our blessings, we'll stop and consider and realize the fact that we are far more blessed as people than we ever think or imagine. The reality is, no matter how much you make in life right now financially, you have it better than 95% of the global population throughout history. Maybe more than that. The, the thing is, is that we are truly a blessed people. We are blessed indeed. So, we often have a tendency to look at the negative. However, we all have reasons to be positive, no matter what we may face in life. Regardless of where we are in life, God has bestowed His grace upon us. And that's something, especially now, I think we need to stop and consider just how blessed a people we truly are. Secondly, we see not only God's provenient grace, but we see God's effectual grace. This means an affected, gifted grace towards us. Now, what do we mean by this? In verse 11, he says, Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. 
God's effectual grace means indicates that it is efficacious, that is, it means it's effective to those to whom it's given. Norman Geisler compares this to a courtship, that, uh, that God will woo us and court us to persuasively lead us to the salvation that we, we, so that we be, get this out here in a minute, will be willing to respond by, by the overwhelming nature of his love. John 6.37, Jesus says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whosoever comes to me I will never in no wise cast out. The amazing thing is, is that when God, that we don't save ourselves, what happens is that God, He, he, he gives us His Holy Spirit that persuades us, that leads us into this saving faith that we have as believers, and that when He saves you, you can know, as I had a pastor once say before, that you can know, that you know, that you know that you've been born again. That's that assurance we have as believers. We don't have to constantly be worrying about whether we're saved or not. Because if you do, the question is, do we, do we believe in the effectiveness of the faith that God has given us? And we didn't come to believe of our own accord. We came to believe because of the persuasive grace, the persuasive grace that God has upon us. That he brings us in. He, he reels us in, almost like a fisherman, if you really stop and consider it. He reels us in by, by his love and by his grace. I remember whenever I was dating Jennifer, I was over at uh, her mother-in-law's house, or my, mo- my mother-in-law's house, which would be Virginia's house. And uh, she used to say, Jennifer was cooking me a meal, and she used to say, she said, Brian, you're reeling, she's reeling you in. She's reeling you in. And I thought, well, good, because I'm trying to reel her in. But that's the way our loving relationships work. You know, we, we, we willfully, we, we, we extend ourselves, hoping that that person will respond in like nature. But God does something even, even deeper than this. He persuades us. He gives us His Holy Spirit. He woos us, if you want to call it that, persuades us and shows us the faith that we have in Him and grants us faith by His Holy Spirit. And this faith is effective to do what is, what is necessary for salvation. And this is what also leads us to the third point. God's sufficient grace. And this is a saving grace. And we see this in the first part of verse 10. For by the grace of God I am what I am. If you are saved, by the gra- if you are saved, it's only by the grace of God that you are. And we have to understand salvation is not something that we give ourselves. That's why Augustine of Hippo, uh, and uh, here again is my nerdiness coming out, he stood up against a guy by the name of Pelagius. And Pelagius was trying to say that uh, people could save themselves uh, they, just by being a good person, you can save yourself by being a good person. And Augustine says, no, none of us can save ourselves. None of us can save ourselves because none of us are good enough to save ourselves. All of our good works are as filthy rags compared to the grace and mercy of Almighty God. The grace that God extends to us is a saving faith. The grace that God extends to us not only saves us from our sin, but it transforms us making us into new people by His grace and by His mercy. Sufficient grace or saving grace is God's grace extended to us to establish a spiritual relationship with God and to grow believers in that relationship. God brings us into this relationship by His grace. That's why we're saved, by His grace. He makes us into a new creation. 
The Bible says that He justifies us in the faith, which means that He claims us as forgiven, as we see that in Romans 2.27. So if you've been saved, you can say you have been saved. But God also sanctifies us. This is a process He uses to make us into the image of Christ. This means that I especially, all of us should have a construction sign on our heads saying God at work. Because that's exactly what He's doing. He's working in our lives to make us into new creations. And you can see this in Romans 15, 16, also 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. But eventually this also leads to what's called the glorification. That we will be glorified by God's grace. And we see this in Revelation 21, 2-3. That we will be given resurrected bodies, but it gets. But the wonderful thing is, is that if we are absent from this body, we live with Christ. There's never a moment where you'll be without outside, outside of God's grace. There'll never be a moment that you'll be outside His presence if you're truly born again. God doesn't give us a partial salvation; He goes all the way with us. He's justified us. He has already deemed you righteous in His eyes. Not because of what you've done, but for what Christ has done for you. Secondly, He is sanctifying you. He is making you into a new image. He's making you into the image of Christ. Lastly, He will glorify you one day when you see the presence of God and all of His majesty and all of His grandeur and He will give you a resurrected body. And what amazing faith we have. So what is there really to worry about with this COVID-19 virus? Yes, we need to be responsible. Yes, we need to do our part to, uh, to try to, to get this virus out. But ultimately, if you're in the grace of God, you don't have one thing to worry about because God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against us? In his book, The Christian Atheist, Believing in God but Living as If He Doesn't, that's a very good book. I encourage you to get a copy of that. Craig Groeschel, I think is how you say his name, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, Groeschel, tells the story of meeting his childhood hero, the legendary third baseman for the Kansas City Royals, George Brett. In 1988, Groeschel was set to uh, play in the NAIA National Tennis Championship there in Kansas City. Walking downtown, Groeschel met Brett while he was sitting at an outdoor cafe. He said to George Brett, I'm so sorry, I just have to tell you, man, you are the man, George. In 1980, you batted .390. Uh, you almost batted .400, uh, which would have broken Ted Williams' record from back in 1941. You had 118 RBIs and only 117 games. He goes on to say, you're the man. You know all this about me, George asked. And Greg says, yeah, I'm just getting started too. You're my hero. And then Brett asked uh, Groeschel, uh, or Groeschel asked Brett, excuse me, to come to his tennis tournament that he was going to be playing in the NAIA National Tennis Tournament. And, and George Brett said he would come. Unfortunately, George Brett never showed. Brett did not live up to his promise. In fact, I heard the other day, you know, be careful for, for if you want to meet your heroes because they may not live up to your anticipations. However, God will. God will do everything He said He would. God will do everything He said He would. In fact, Hebrews 7.25 says this, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him since He lives to make intercession for them. 
John 6, 39-40 says, And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I, should not, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. Jesus says also in John 10, 29-30, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one... No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. No one is able to snatch you from the Father's hand. And that's something we need to consider during the midst of this situation we face today. Craig Groeschel also says in his book, he tells the story of being pulled over for an expired tag. He was taken in front of the judge in traffic court. Before him, there were several individuals who would say, It was not my fault. I shouldn't be required to pay the fine. The judge called Groeschel in front of the court, and he said, What's your story? Groeschel responded, He says, I was driving without a tag. The judge asked, He said, What do you say? Groeschel says, Yes, Your Honor, you heard me correctly. I am guilty. I'm an idiot. Groeschel goes on to say, The judge announced mockingly, loud enough for everyone to hear, We've got this guilty person standing in a room full of innocent people. I've got to quickly get rid of this idiot out of here because before he corrupts the rest of you so-called innocent people. Greg Groeschel, you are free to go. You don't have to pay the fine. It's all been forgiven. I want you to think about this. Craig went before the judge admitting his fault. And this wise, gracious judge says, You came to me asking for forgiveness, I'm going to let you go free. The rest of the people who claim to be innocent, they're going to be charged to the extent of the law. He goes on to say, we often accuse God of being unfair. However, do we really want God to be completely fair? Think about this. If God were completely fair, then every single one of us would be on a pathway leading to hell. If God were completely fair, every single one of us would be in hell. But it is by God's grace, by His goodness, by His love, and by His mercy that we are forgiven. It's by His grace and mercy that we are forgiven. And grace is not a work that is, is something that we do, but it's something that is imparted by the God of holiness, the God of goodness, the God of grace, who extends that gift to us. So I would say to you, if you're listening to me today by telephone, or maybe you're with uh, us by the Westfield Baptist Church page, or maybe you're with us on the live stream on my personal page, whatever the case may be. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you, maybe you have that gnawing in your heart, realizing the fact that you have never received the grace of God. I want to encourage you today, if, if you feel that going on today, and you feel God's presence bringing you to salvation, I want to encourage you to accept Christ as your Savior. Make Him the Lord of your life. Enter to this new covenant, this new relationship with Him today. He will change your life. He will change the direction of your life. And He will give you a new heart, a new mind, and a new soul. And He will transform you by His grace. He will justify you as the Bible says. He will sanctify you as the Word says. And one wonderful day, you will be glorified in His presence and by His grace. We serve a God of grace and thank the Lord for His grace extended to all of us. 
Dear kind of gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have today. Lord, while we wish we could be together with our church families, we realize that due to the nature of this virus, uh, we can't do that for a while. We don't know how long this will continue, but we'll do this as long as necessary. And Lord, we just want to ask, Lord, that uh, through these uncertain times, that maybe there's someone out there today that's never received you as Savior and Lord. We pray that today would be the day that they would receive you as their Savior. Lord, we just want to ask, Lord, if there's someone today, maybe they're downtrodden, maybe they are um, worried about the things going on in life. We just ask, Lord, that you would provide them peace and grace through this situation. Lord, a lot of us may be inclined to look on the negative side of things. A lot of us may be inclined to, uh, quite honestly, give up because of the bad news that we hear each and every day. But Lord, help us to realize that we have been extended far more grace than we ever think or imagine. Lord, help us to focus on the blessings that we have in life instead of the things that we don't have, or maybe instead of the things we wish we could have, or maybe the, maybe me even even this this moment, maybe looking at, uh, instead of lo- looking at all the things we can't do right now, look at the things we can do. Lord, I think that you've allowed this situation to happen, to draw people toward you. So Lord, we just ask that through this time, people would learn of your mercy, your love, and your grace. And that through this, what we're doing here is we're going out to who knows however many people that someone's life would be touched through what we do here at this church and as the church united. We thank you for all that you do, all that you continue to do. Have your will and your way in each of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. We'll be back live with you uh, coming up, uh, speaking with the deacons Wednesday. We'll have another virtual service. And next Sunday as well, uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be doing this as well. So uh, let's just be praying for our nation. Let's pray for one another. Be sure to check on the seniors uh, who may be in your community. Uh, give them a call, check on them, make sure they're doing all right. Also be much in prayer for those in the nursing homes. I was told that... Uh, Right now, the nursing homes have shut off any visitors from coming by and seeing the, uh, the uh, residents. So be much in prayer for all those in the nursing homes as well. May God bless you. We love you. and know the Lord loves you even more. And we'll see you next time. listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie podcast and bellatorchristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie.
Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. It's my privilege to announce to you that the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is now available on Kindle. So you can get the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics in all formats now. It's available on Kindle, as well as paperback, hardcover, and you can also find it on the Nook at barnesandnoble.com. So please go and order your copy today and share it, or maybe you'd like to share it with a friend. Whatever the case may be, help us as we get the word out and let people know that we have a faith worth believing in. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristi.com and the Bellator Christie Podcast.